Hallelujah. Even when we think that God is no longer by our side because of our struggles, because of our pain, because of our grief, he's never failed. When we're going through, it may feel that way, but when we look back, God, you've been there before. You're with me now, and God, as we continue to move forward, you're going to be with us. Amen. Can you say change? Change. You know, sometimes it's easier said than done. There are two quotes that I usually like, you know, that most people know. The very first one that deals with change is, we've never done it that way before. And you, you chuckle because you've probably said it or have heard other people say it. And I got to tell you, I'll be honest with you, as many of you know, the authenticity, letting you know, I, I have shared those words plenty of times throughout my life. But it's the way that it's also shared that necessarily is not bad all the time. When I say, we've never done it that way before, but let's try it. You see what I'm saying? It's a big difference. You, you've never done it, so, uh, hey. You can't be afraid of a failure. We got, you'll never know unless you try. So there's, that's one quote. The other quote that I think is really detrimental to businesses and churches and non-profits or profit organizations is, do you know what it is? We've always done it this way. <laughs> So you know you have heard the extremes from one side into another, but I got to tell you that in the midst of that, we can hear and know about some examples. Those that may have said at that very moment, we're not going to do that because we've always done it this way. And let me give you two examples. Some of you may remember the young ones may be like, what's that? First one is Blockbuster. Oh, the nights I used to go, like, oh, man, Friday night, I'm going to go and go through the shelving and be like, oh, it's out. And I don't, and I don't know about you, sometimes I'm staying by because I see people walking in with uh, things to return. I'll be like, hey, hey, is that it? Is that it right there? <laughs> oh, you young ones will never know about that one. <laughs> the other one I have to say is Polaroid. The camera Polaroid? I tell you, I don't know about you, but those that, you know, the, not, not the Polaroid, but the ones that you would take a check, and then you hope that you took a really good picture when you're going to go and take it to develop and be like, oh, this is, didn't come out right. Oh, it's blurry. But, but the Polaroid camera, oh, this was innovative when I'd be like, Some of you know what I'm talking about. But what happens is, is that you got to be patient with it because what happens? It comes out black, right? And, and then if you want to hurry it up, be like. <laughs> but then, but then you, what, what do you hear about them? You see, it, 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 it could have been that we've always done it this way and, and failed. But you know, however, there are successful organizations or companies that I'm going to give a little trivia here a moment. Maybe you know who they, who they are. The very first one is 
these uh, businesses that changed the name because they were being innovative. They wanted change. They wanted to they, they wanted to keep the product but do it differently. And let me see if you know these. The, what, what former uh, company, excuse me, what company was formerly called Backrub? Backrub. Google. I am so glad they changed their name. All right. <laughs> Yeah, just go over the back rub, you know, and uh... <laughs> here's another one. What company was formerly called Jerry and David's Guide to the World Wide Web? Yahoo. What company was formerly called Brad's Drink? Pepsi. What company was formerly called Blue Ribbon Sports? Anyone? Nike. What company was formerly known as Quickster? Some of you have a subscription, actually. Netflix. What company was formerly called, I have to go to this thing because I, I, I forget the wording. What company was formerly called the computing, tabulating, and recording company? IBM. And last one, for the sake of time, what company was formerly called Pemberton's French Wine Coca? Coca-Cola. These are just a few examples of well-known names that took the leap of change and, and that leap also brought out innovation to do what their product was able to do and reach out there so that way that it made, hopefully, it made the life of other individuals better. Instead of saying, we've always done it this way. You see, the phrase of we've always done it this way is not only affects the businesses, but also affects the churches. I read an article on religionnews.com that mentioned that there was a, a, a study between the 34 Protestant ch um, uh, churches or organizations, and they mentioned that in 2019, 4,500 churches closed their doors, while 3,000 new ones emerged. Ladies and gentlemen, the danger, and we've always done it this way, is that it closes opportunities for innovations. It doesn't allow opportunities for brainstorming new ideas and the processes that can implement them. It sets the tone that no change is needed. I read an article that said, when an organization becomes content with the status quo and resists change, it quickly loses its competitive edge. Now let me, be, uh, let me be clear and clarify that we are launching a new church name, but it is not to have a competitive edge with other churches. The message of God's grace, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, that salvation through Christ and Christ alone will continue to be preached. But the ways in which we do it may not look the same as it did yesterday. 
We're going to encourage and equip and empower the church family to utilize our God-given talents to reach people for Christ while trying to stay up to date with technology. To provide more opportunities to connect with people within our church and our communities. To offer new ways to disciple folks in spiritual growth. Give you an example for our kids' ministries to thrive to the point that they drive their parents or grandparents crazy on Sunday morning saying, I need to get to church. But to do that, we need volunteers (laughs) to make that a reality. And I know we can do this. That's just an example of one of our ministries. And we want to build, uh, we want the people to build a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to provide opportunities that we can have baptisms on a regular basis for those who are given the life to Christ, that they can go from the old into the new to be transformed. Can you say change? change. Jesus knew about change. In fact, in Matthew 5, verse 17, the NIV version says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus knew about change. And in fact, if you open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 16 through 17. Matthew chapter 9, verses 16 through 17. Here, one of the ones that were giving him the most issues and problems were not the the regular people, the, the outcasts. It was actually the teachers of religious law. And here in Matthew 9, 16 and, uh, and 17, it says, no, this is Jesus recorded saying, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on old garment For the patch will pull away from the garment, making their tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. And I love this part. It says, and both are preserved. I think in the context of religious leaders are the old and Jesus is the new. Jesus associates with with tax collectors and sinners. His disciples don't don't fast as much as as the religious leaders do. The religious leaders were so focused on the old traditions and the old ways and so stuck in them that they failed to recognize that they were in the presence of something new and that was so much better. Their approach would be to put the old ways behind them and embrace the better way that is staring right in their face as Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life. Again, it says they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. We're thankful for, since 1987, the history that we have here that has set the foundation of that we are here today. We're also thankful for what God is going to be doing regarding New Ridge Fellowship as a church. And that is my desire for New Ridge 
that we preserve the history that began in 1987. Our mission is to pursue Christ, to grow together and impact the world. Ladies and gentlemen, if we know that mission, then that allows us to accomplish the vision that every life will be transformed by Christ. And how do we do that? We equip ourselves with our core values. And let me give you a few examples before I finish here today. We equip ourselves and we utilize these core values. The very first one is God's word. Ladies and gentlemen, for, for 2024, even you know, the end of 2023, I, will, I, I would love to see people bring their Bibles to church. Yeah, I'm more old school, and I think I'm defeating the purpose regarding old school and new, you know, uh, old wineskin and new wineskin, but I, I, I love it when I can say, hey, turn to page, and I hear the page is turning. The devices are all good and dandy, but oh, man. But if you're in need, the reason why I say that, if you're in need of a Bible, I want to make sure that you get a Bible in your hands. So that way you're not just opening up on Sunday mornings, but you're opening up every day that God gives you. So that way you know who he is and who we are and we know his will. Another core value is prayer. I want to offer uh, a regular, uh, at times, the uh, prayer services throughout the year, starting in 2024. That is just coming together for prayer, whether it's for healing, whether it's for comfort, whatever it may be, because people are hurting or they want to celebrate, provide those opportunities. Another core value is unity, the unity that we can be a resources to other churches in the local area and beyond. Why do we have to go all the way down to another state in order to get training when I would foresee us doing it here and people coming here? The authenticity of being real that we are not perfect, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, we are a bunch of messed up people. That love the Lord, that need the Lord, but the authentic, the being real. And so then the other one, the other core value is relationships. And, and, and what better way than connect with a life groups, a small groups that allows us to even small, uh, uh, short term, I should say, not small, short term Bible studies that you can say, okay, I'm going to do this for four weeks or six weeks. We want to be able to provide that. I think that's going to be a game changer. I think relationships, not only for the church, but in our community, when we can have worship services like we just had this morning, but also when we can ask a, a singers like C.C. Winan or Phil Wickham or, 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 or Brad Hudson. Uh, and, and <laughs> Lauren Daigle and the casting crowns. I mean, just opportunities, ladies and gentlemen. That we can invite other people and you never know when, they, when, when the Holy Spirit will move in their midst and they change their lives. And it's be like because you were able to invite them to an event that God is going to continue to bless. And I tell you what, I, I think this place right here is, is a little too small. Well, I could foresee us, you know, as we continue to grow that we'll have to do something in the back here where we can have a 1,500 to 2,000 seat uh, uh, worship center, that we can have those type of worship services, the concerts, as well as opportunities for conferences that people can come and get resources to go out there with something in hand. We can do this. Serving. 
Serving is another uh, core value where it talks about men, the, we, we do different ways of serving, not just greeters, ushers, uh, uh, worship uh, services, the, the uh, inquire band singers or tech. I'm talking about going out there in our community, and we do that with a response crew. We do that when we go out to missions, but I want to do something a little different. Is that I want to be able to, for New Ridge, to send people to missions, not just once a year. Because I don't know about you, I've been to missions trips, and they have changed my life. Why wait to necessarily once a year that we could offer missions trips on a regular basis that you can also utilize your God-given gifts and talents by making a difference in somebody else's life? And if you're like me, my experience has been that when I think I'm going to go and bless somebody, they in turn bless me. And we want to hear about those examples we want to be able to serve our community. And you know what? I talked about a, 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 another, a, a bigger sanctuary in the back. I can foresee North Campus being extended in a way that it's a, it allows for a multi-use room where we can do community dinners, where we can do church dinners and fundraisers and really be out there in our community so that way when the people of the community and the surrounding communities and other areas beyond our communities, when they think of New Ridge, they, they, they can say, something's happening there. I need to be a part of that. Because we're trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a community that is so much in need. And the last one is passion, but... In everything we do. But that's next week's message. All right. <laughs> Throughout these coming weeks, we plan to share some more vision casting so that the new church will strive to accomplish our vision that every life will be transformed by Christ. Let's be like Jesus and bring change to Gilbertsville and our surrounding communities. But in order to change, we must be willing to, for God to change us. That way we may know his will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And let me challenge you here. Talking about the old history and things, this past week I heard from one of our church members who, when they came to New Hanover United Methodist, that Pastor Dave had given them a challenge. And I like that challenge so much, I'm going to share it today. And so that way I don't mess it up, I'm going to read it. Here's your challenge. And I'm also speaking to the new people who are here. And thank you so much for joining us. If you walk out these doors after our church service, and you see yourself wanting to invite someone else to come experience what you've experienced, you found your church. One way we can remember we need to change is by remembering what Christ did for us, for you and for me. And the opportunity to accomplish that is by remembering his sacrifice. And as we prepare our hearts and minds, I'm going to let you know that our ushers are ready. We're going to go into communion time. It's one of my favorite times of the, of the month when we're able to gather together and remember what Christ did. But if you, we're going to be doing a method of intention. That means that someone will have a cup full of grape juice, that you have a piece of bread and you can dip it into the grape juice. But if you don't want to do that, we do have these little uh, disposable cups. Please raise your hand and our ushers will make sure that you get one. 
And as they're doing that, we remember the night before Christ gave himself up for you and for me. He was having a meal with his disciples where he took the bread. He gave thanks. He then broke it. And he told them, take and eat for this is my body. He then took the cup. He gave thanks. And he told them, drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant. The new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Make sure you raise your hands high if you're still with the, uh, in need of the little disposable cups. At this very moment, ladies and gentlemen, let us prepare our hearts and our minds. I don't want you just rushing to get the communion elements. And in fact, if you're here for the first time and you say, well, I don't, I don't think I'm allowed to take communion because I belong to another church. No, no, this is Christ's table set before you that is open to all who would want to come to receive communion as an invitation to all of you. But before we do that, let's pause for a word of prayer. God, we're, we're thankful for your love, your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your forgiveness. We certainly don't want to come up here and just rush into this, Lord. But we do want to take a moment to pray. So God, at this very moment, I ask that you listen to your people. Whether it's moments of thanking you, Lord, or moments of asking for forgiveness, that you hear them now. We thank you, God, as we gather. Coming forward to receive communion today, that it is your table. Thanking you for the sacrifice that you have done. But we can't, it's not that we're paying it. We can't even pay it, Lord. It's been paid in full. But God, it's because of Christ. The same Christ who taught his disciples how to pray. And we continue with that prayer when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.